Welcome to the Christian Freethinker Project. This is episode one. What is a Christian Freethinker? You know, we're probably already a little bit behind. We're going to have to edit this out because uh, they say you only have a few seconds before people stop listening and turn you off when they get bored. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. So welcome to the Christian Freethinkers Project. Yeah, welcome. Welcome. Hopefully welcome back. If not, welcome if you're first time as well. I mean, you're not really late. You know, this thing's just kind of started. But I mean, you know, bonus... If this is your first time, then you get to listen to another episode before anybody else because they've already listened to it. It's true. It's true. Absolutely. There should be already another one waiting for you. It's like a double header. Right. So this is going to be, um, so Jeff and I have been talking, this is going to kind of be like our real first delve into the real first episode. Last one was kind of like a... An introduction. We kind of wanted to introduce ourselves and and kind of introduce the podcast, uh, but we figure we're going to start off with you know what is a Christian freethinker, um, because I know you know this might be a phrase that's altogether new for some of the listeners. The idea of, of a freethinker. Some of you who are familiar with it. Uh, we're going to go on a little bit later and, and and talk and break that down a little bit more. Uh, but first thing I want to talk about is. The American education system, Jeff. Oh boy, this is one of my favorites. Yeah, and I love this topic. Right, I homeschool my kids. You know what? Technically, you know, I can't say we do and we don't. We do and we don't. Well, that's that's because you live in the People's Republic of California. It is true. I do live in the People's Republic of California. It is amazing. And so, so they have, you know, they have. Uh, you know, we I mean, are, they're, they're, it's amazing that they're willing to let you educate your kids at all in that state, because, I mean, what if you what if you accidentally teach them something that the state doesn't believe? Like that's a problem. Well, you see, that's the problem because the state doesn't have beliefs. The state. You live in California. The state has beliefs, and I'm saying this coming from New Jersey. I mean, it's. <laughs> 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 Oh, sorry. I, I, I mean, this is this is the pot calling the kettle black. <laughs> but. Oh my goodness. Well, well, what I more kind of want to talk. So I want to talk about with specifically like the American education system because I don't have any experience outside of the American education system. I'm not really familiar with how it's done in the rest of the world. Which, um, full disclosure, that's because we are americans and in america what we are taught we're, we're americans. from a very from, americans. from a very young age we're taught that basically oh, it's not it's not his story it's not his story or her story. it's just our story and nobody else's story really matters much to us unless it intertwines or with our story you, so you know it's true that um our history books don't start before 1776 <laughs> except when they're telling bad stories about the british <laughs> yes yes uh, uh, good times all right so but so go ahead sorry yeah so so to me what i see and i want to get your feedback on this jeff um like in america there's 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 a real dichotomy um in both education and faith that kind of started around i want to say probably around the mid 20th century um, and 
and from my view, it really seems that it hasn't even yet peaked yet. But it means like it means we're still on this roller coaster. It has far from been over. Um, and honestly, like you know, in America, so for those who aren't familiar, there are pretty much three unique education systems in America. There is the Christian school system, which is a private sector, most of which they're considered nonprofit. So they are technically don't make a profit, uh, but they can do that because they're a religious institution, apparently. Um, the second half, the second, which would be the second third, not the second half, the second would be the public education system, which is what's paid with our tax dollars. Um, it's make sure that there's a base level education for all people, regardless of what their financial ability is. And then the final third piece is those unique flowers that we call the homeschoolers. And yeah. yeah. And, and to me, like, kind of when this split occurred, a lot of it is, you know, like, so so let's go back to say, you know, there there has always been private institutions for, for a long time. The public school system came out afterwards. Um, and, but, but the kind of the, 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 the dichotomy, the split, the angst that is brought up between the two systems like a really kind of to me started in the mid 20th century and a lot of it came around um well scientific progress would maybe be the word um i mean i, I think i think of like the, the the scopes monkey trial um like the, a lot of that kind of stuff around evolution like essentially a lot of christian schools and christians felt that they didn't want they didn't want certain things to be taught to their children um, and so it created this giant dichotomy and this push inside of the Christian American Christianity to try to encourage their parents to take their kids out of the public education system and into a controlled environment, um, such as either the private Christian school system or the homeschooled system. So uh, I would I would offer a few thoughts on that. Um, and, and I'm one of the beautiful things about the Christian free thinkers project is that, um, we believe that we can, uh, disagree with one another as long as it's based on something, uh, that is factual or, um, uh, legitimate. It's not like I hate your face. So we disagree. Um, and we can do it civilly, right? Yeah. And, I mean, I don't have to like your face to disagree exactly, with you. It just happens exactly. to be a bonus. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so the, I would say that, um, and this is, I'm going a little bit further back here. I'm going to go back a minute. Um, the, the real problem that I see with the American education system comes in, in like 1492, I think it is. Now we all know, now, Columbus now, now we all the ocean know blue. in 1492. Yes. I was about to say that, that Columbus sailed the ocean blue. And then he, and uh, he came wait, to America, no, and, um, you gotta finish and that's that when thought. it all went wrong. Now stop. Everyone's going to get this stuck in their head unless you finish it. <laughs> now, I don't know what you're talking about. Come on. In 1492, no, Columbus no, sailed all, the ocean blue. The Nina, the Pinta, so anyway, the Santa Maria. Come on. Anyway. Come on. I, I don't. I, I, I finished. No, I, I was just joking on the 1492 part. But so what I was, what in all seriousness, okay, um, the compulsory education system goes into uh, uh, 
into full force and effect in Massachusetts originally. And they steal the model from the Prussians over in Europe. So see that? I do know something about the rest of the world. Uh, but basically the whole... Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. You know something about countries that no longer exist. Congratulations. I mean, this is a this is a Christian podcast, so you've got to know about all kinds of countries that don't exist to be involved legitimately. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. So ask ask the, princes, the princes of Persia. But anyway, um, so... Not a good movie, by the way. <laughs> no, not a good movie. So, uh, you know, the whole the whole import of the compulsory system was to be able to get these, you know, these shady immigrant kids to reflect American values. And they figured if they could take the place of the family, uh, basically they could get the kids to think one way and then the kids could bring that thinking back home to the household and they can get everybody on the same page, right? And so there's no room, there's never been any room in the American education system for differing opinions. And even when you go into the, we come to the 20th century where you were, and now you've got the, the Christian schools and the public schools, and in every one of them, they're telling you what to think. They're never teaching you to think. They're always telling you what to think. So, so let me get this straight. So you're telling me that the American education system is founded on the goal of homogenizing the population. Um, yeah. Interesting. Well, yeah. Now, I know you may not have it on hand, but do you have resources that we could provide for in case anyone was interested in reading more about that? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, uh, I'll make sure that we post those. Okay. Awesome. Well, that's interesting. That's not a, a perspective that uh, that I had. But we and and that's another thing that we you will get from us. Um, I, I I'm an attorney. That's the thing that actually pays me. Um, and so you know, part of being an attorney is actually having sources to back up the things you're saying. Um, and you know, and and Josh. I mean, I'm sure that in your profession, somehow it matters, you know, whether or not something's true. I don't know. It, well, I, I think you and I have had this discussion before that um, in my profession, I have to know more of what's true. And I have to know that, that, I, that I have to know more of what's true than you have to know more of what's true. I think that's what you concluded, and I believe that's something upon which we disagree, but that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> oh. But anyway, we'll give you sources. That's all I'm saying. Okay. Right. Well, that's a, that's a, legitimate, that's a legitimate thought. So then, so then how does that touch on... So, that's, so you talked about that. So do you have any intake into the, the Christian school system and the, the, well, the dichotomy there, or like... I guess so I can't really it does, call it dichotomy, but like the 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 differences there. It, well, it does it does still fit very well in with what you were saying because it's not actually that the kids believe this stuff until they're told to believe it, right? So so the people that are running the show, um, the adults, the grown ups, the superintendents, the policymakers, whether it's public education or Christianity, um, you know the the like the culty little church schools or the you know catholic schools um 
you know, the, the people that are running it are, are telling the students, Hey, listen, this is what you believe. This is what the answer is. This is the answer. And in the church, you're right. It was very much a rejection of, um, Darwinism and evolution and, uh, you know, and in, in the secular community, in all fairness, there was an outright rejection of anything faith-based, um, and anything that, uh, answered a, a question with, well, it was God, um, was obviously just mocked and, and ridiculed. Wait, so did you just agree with me now? Uh, I, I did on, on, um, on accident. On accident. Okay. Okay. I have a time. Uh, there's a, there's a, a time difference, folks. So, um, you know, it's it's very early in the morning where I am, and 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 Josh has the advantage of, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. So so Jeff is speaking to me from the future. He is speaking to me from tomorrow. That's right. And I am speaking to you from today. So Jeff, what can you tell us? What stock should we buy? Stay out of the market. <laughs> words of wisdom ladies and gentlemen <laughs> so yeah and 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 um you know i think i think you're on the right the right path still with what you're saying i just feel like there was a little more to flesh out there it's all yeah i i definitely know there is i mean and, and kind of the reason that i asked you know we're the reason we're talking about the public education system um is because a lot of this comes into and we talk about the the split between education and faith. Um, this is kind of where uh, Jeff and I. Well, this is where I feel. Uh, I'll let Jeff speak for himself. Um, Thank you. You're very welcome. Uh, this is where I feel, um, and kind of what inspires me to do the the Christian Freethinker Project, um, because I feel like you know, in where where how I was raised in the Christian Church, and 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 as well as through um, my uh, my secondary schooling, my university, um, that, you know, I kind of was, you know, was, there was a, a, a split there between education and faith, you know, between the secular, the sciences, the math, uh, pretty much every field except for theology and philosophy, um, was, was separated out, um, and they were treated as other, they were treated as different, um, and that's kind of what, kind of prompted us to do this because we we really think that that some of this stuff is is missing out of the I feel like some of this stuff is missing missing out of our faith right now yeah and I would I would just add to that that um you know I think that there's this um insane amount of arrogance on um on both the the side of the scientific community that rejects faith um or at least faith in in a creator um and then on the uh, the side of the religious community that rejects anything that is scientific that scares them or could potentially be at odds with the way that they have or that their church denomination or that the greater church overall has interpreted the Bible up to this point. And so everybody acts as if the current understanding that they have is the unquestionable, unshakable truth and and that's just completely absurd. It's just mind-bogglingly absurd to to think that. All right, so th- that kind of reminds me of one of my favorite quotes. Um, it's from the book Siddhartha, 
And uh, this is Siddhartha talking to um, another gentleman, and they're talking about what is truth. And the quote says, the opposite of every truth is just as true. That is to say that any truth can only be expressed and put into words when it's one-sided. Everything that can be thought with the mind and said with words is one-sided. It's all just half of it, lacking completeness, roundness, or unity. I actually totally disagree with that in every way. Do you? I do. I mean, think about it. Uh, and I, I just, I, I had this conversation with somebody the other day that, um, so have you ever seen the, the picture of the, it looks like a, it's either a six or a nine and you've got guys, on a guy on each side and they're arguing with each other, mm-hmm. whether it's a six or a nine. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, uh, and, and the position that I take with that, I love that picture. Okay. But the position that I take with that is that it is unknowable whether it's a six or a nine unless the uh, the person that created it communicates it to you, right? But otherwise, it is physically, mentally, logically, wholly impossible to know whether it is a six or a nine in that picture because we have markings that designate when something is a six or a nine. You only have to look as far as like a billiards ball, right? None of those markings are present. There are other cues that you would normally look for, but the cues are absent in this case because the uh, the illustrator was trying to make a point. But so arguably it's no number at all unless the illustrator were to tell you that it's this number. Right. But otherwise, it's just a, it's just a connected uh, series of, of lines. But in the conversation, we said we were talking about objective truth. Right. Mm-hmm. And the position that we both ultimately ended up agreeing on was there is always objective truth. However, it is far more often the case than we wish to believe that we simply lack enough information to understand what the objective truth was. True. But this statement didn't specify objective truth. It talks about every truth. But a truth is a truth is a truth. But have you, are you familiar with the phrases personal truth? Like this is my truth. I mean, come on it, now, now, I now loathe, you and I, you I and I are loathe, I loathe that term. It makes me, you remember, you, you remember and I are in the, you remember in the first year, come on, you, you remember in the, in the first, uh, uh, podcast episode zero, um, that was so when far I back. said, when I said that I, I like to throat punch <laughs> people that, that point out my distinguished gray hair. Okay. I would I would much rather, given the opportunity and no consequences, I would much rather throat punch someone who says that they are living out their personal truth than to th- have the chance to throat punch somebody that was pointing out my gray hair. Wow, that's that's very violent. I'm gonna have to ask you to rephrase that for the final edit. You know what? You know what? Trigger warning. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, duly noted. All right. That's how I feel about that. Go ahead. Tell me more about people's personal truths. 
Well, we can call them biases or prejudices. I'm fine with that. We can call them delusions of grandeur. We can call them whatever you want, but don't call it a truth because that's just relabeling like your own mental like gobbledygook as truth. Is it? Are you sure? I like the word truth. I'd like to keep it as actually meaning truth. But but that's the hard part. So you've just gone to the point of saying that it's impossible for us to truly know that we have objective truth. I didn't say it's impossible. You said I said, it, said, I said nearly I said, impossible. Nearly impossible. I said it is far less possible than we like to believe, or that we know it far less often than we'd like to believe. Like sometimes you know a six is a six, and you can objectively say that's a six. Right, it's got a line under it. It's the you see the way that it's drawn, and you know it's a six, no question. Okay, listen, this is I think our other podcast, not this podcast. I think I think this is both podcasts. You know, look at all the denominations of churches. Okay, we're all reading the same book. Well, I mean, give or take a couple different chapters, a diff- couple different actual books, but you know that's a different episode. But my point is, is that. Basically, all these different denominations are reading the same words and reaching dramatically different conclusions. And that's looking at it and going, is that a six or a nine? And then being so freaking overconfident in your conclusion that you are willing to condemn some people to hell who are in your own faith. Um and, you know, having an arms race in terms of uh, the church buildings. Hmm. So I feel like there's an overlap there. Okay. All right. Uh, objection sustained. I'll allow it. Thank you, Your <laughs> Honor. <laughs> I always wanted you to say that to me. <laughs> I know I figured if I just gave it to you this time maybe that'll just be the end of it and you know what I'm gonna save that recording <laughs> yeah you'll you'll play it to like give yourself a little boost a little pick me up thank you your honor well you're very welcome I just you know it's gonna be your ringtone all right so while while we still have time let's talk about what is a Christian free thinker Jeff so I thought we just oh that's fine. Go ahead. You think we already talked about it? No, 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 no. No. I mean not. I don't think we haven't technically defined it. We've been talking about the public education system. That's true. I know. I was surprised that that's where you started, but that's okay. Maybe you can chop this up and you know I'll do my at best. the end of the beginning. Well, that's the problem is I gave I gave you something that, that you I knew you would love to talk about and you just kinda went wild with it. But I did, I did. I was like I was like a dog just ripping something to shreds, like <laughs> That was fun. Thanks. All right. So to us, I mean, there's there's two, there's really, two, you know, there's two parts to the statement, you know, a Christian free thinker, right? There's a Christian and there's a free thinker. Um, I think we should probably spend a little bit more time on what it means to be a Christian because that has a lot of baggage, right? People are going to come into this with their own definitions. Like you said, everyone's going to, like, there's, we've all got the same book, us Christians, and we've all got 500 different copies because they're, you know, copies of translations of copies of copies with all different words. And we and all come favorite, to different conclusions of them. My favorite part is how we all, I mean, so 
so anybody who's listening right now, you've got your favorite translation of the Bible. So I just want you to think about how that version of the Bible is translated. You know, just reflect on it, your your knowledge of the history of it, because I'm sure you're really intimately familiar with how that translation process occurred, right? I mean, you definitely know. For me, I mean, it was it was something that I was, I really cared about. Like, I intentionally, you know, picked a version that I felt um, that kept as close to as true to the text as possible. You know, which I kept, version was that? Uh, NIRV, New International Revised Version. No, 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 it, no, no, no. It is not. It's the NASB, New American Standard Bible. And what was that translated from? Um, it was translated from directly from Hebrew and directly from Greek. They also they did include the Septuagint for references for some of the Hebrew, taking the phrasing and trying to Americanize it or English it or Englishize it. Like they they tried to keep as literal of a direct translation as possible. But but didn't the King James version do that? <sighs> You know, <laughs> sorry. As the story goes, you're, are you familiar with the King James translation story? I am, but I'm willing to bet dollars to donuts that at least a slight majority of our audience won't be. All right. Well, I'll tell you what. That's a different podcast for a different day. Oh, man. I was trying First to beat him, too. Let's talk about what is. Sorry. What's a Christian free thinker? No. Well, we'll start. <laughs> let's start with let's start with what's a Christian. You know, you can go into any, you know, you can go into 10 different church in any, 10 different churches in a town and you're going to see 10 different examples of what it means to be a Christian. You can talk to 10 different pastors and you might get 10 completely different answers of what it means to be a Christian, right? And so I think it's important for us to explain to everybody what are we that we should have a definition of what a Christian is when we're talking about a Christian free thinker. Um, is that fair enough to you, Jeff? Sure. Okay. So to me, I have defined a Christian as anybody who intentionally is making a point to follow Jesus. And by that, I mean to say that they essentially uphold the two greatest commandments just as Jesus did, which means that that person loves God with all their heart, soul, and mind. And that they love their neighbor as themselves. And I think if you can say those two things about yourself, then that means you're a Christian. So while I would tend to agree with you, I would also point out that um, part of the Christian Free Thinkers Project is that um, we're going to be coming from different places. And there are definitely going to be people that well, I hope, I hope there are going to be people that have a different conclusion of what it means to be a Christian that listen to this podcast. And, um, cause you didn't like mine. No, I liked yours. I liked yours. The thing is, is that I know that there are other people that are definitely not going to like yours. And I, I am okay with that. I can accept that. Oh, I, um, it's, I completely understand. And where I was going with, with that definition was I was trying to really distill down, take out all the caveats, you know, remove out, 
you know, have you, you know, have you been baptized? Have you, you know, have you performed any acts? Have you done this or that? Like really, when you boil it down to it, like what is the unifying thing that, you know, like how would Jesus consider his followers? You know, like who does Jesus consider his followers to be? Yeah, you know, that's a funny, that's a funny thing too, that you should think of it like that because um, I feel like, um, I feel like a lot of a lot of the current church has gotten very very far away from contemplating who Jesus would consider a follower. Um, in some ways, I feel like Jesus has become window dressing on, uh, you know, the socio political uh, environment that we call the Christian Church in America. Oh yeah, yeah, I, I could definitely see that. This is what I understand Christianity to be. And so I guess um, maybe I can tap into the uh, the free thinkers part a little bit. Yeah, I would love it. So uh, one of my favorite comments that we got, um, this originally started as a, as, as a blog and then turned into a podcast. And uh, one of the comments that we got was, um, uh, Christian free thinker is an oxymoron. And I, I had kind of had to laugh at that because there's, uh, you know, there's that arrogance again. And I, I'm okay with hubris. I hate arrogance. I feel like there's a distinction. Um, I know some, some definitions in the dictionary will, will tell you there's not, but others will accept a distinction there. And, and I'm calling it, it distinguishable. But anyway, um, so that, that arrogance of, oh, well, if you're a Christian, you definitely can't be a free thinker. And it, and if you're a free thinker, you obviously wouldn't be a Christian. Well, I'm sorry, but we all come to the table with baggage and with biases. Um, and that might come as a surprise to some people. And some people are definitely going to hear that and say, I'm not biased. Yes, you are. It's not always about racism or like we all have biases. Every one of us. It's true. And, and so we're, we're just kind of being out on the table with our bias. Our bias is that from our perspective, we are Christians, but at the same time, we are not going to be beholden to, um, you know, some denomination or some cult movement from whatever denomination it comes from that says you must accept this particular version of the interpretation as truth. Because again, that's just absurd. Our understandings have changed over and over and over throughout the centuries in both our faith and in our science and in our cultures. And that's not a right thing or a wrong thing necessarily. It's just a reality and a fact. Sometimes it's good. Sometimes it's bad, but it is what it is. But along the way, every single person that has been at the head of any movement has been saying, you must accept this because this is the unquestionable truth. And we're saying, no, no, we're going to ask questions. We are going to challenge understanding and we're going to say, Hey, listen, I really don't, I don't care, you know, what you conclude just as long as you have a reason for it you know because somebody said so is not enough of a reason 
you got to know why you believe it, not just that you believe it. It's true. It's true. I mean, if, if, uh, if just to kind of build off of that, I mean, you know, if, if, if you're just believing because, you know, maybe, maybe you are a, a newer Christian, you know, and, and this is something that you're, you're still trying to, to figure out, you know, it, there, there's, you know, there's thousands upon thousands of books that all say the same thing. You know, they all tell you exactly how to live. You know, they've all got the secret sauce. You know, they've all know exactly what what it means. At least they believe they've got it distilled down and they know exactly what it means. They know, you know, you have to, you know, whether it's, you know, the movement of the holiness movement of, you know, having to, you know, give up everything in your life and, you know, only only do nothing but go to church or whether it's, you know, the, uh, the... What was it? The, the prosperity uh, movement. Oh yes, the prosperity movement. Where one the, of my favorites. Oh yeah, the more you donate to the church, the more that God is going to bless you and give you. So that way you can donate more to the church. That's there's so much out there, so much bad, bad doctrine, and and I'll, to be honest with you, I, I I might take you know take it a step further that you know I didn't you know Jesus didn't come he didn't establish any doctrine you know he didn't establish any sort of rules or bodies you know well, he, which which translation of the by of the uh, new testament was was jesus having the uh, the disciples read you know that's a very good question was it niv i no it wasn't niv because that one's the, that's the devil bible <laughs> 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 oh so, you know, a lot of what we have is we have st- structure that was put in place by by men who, you know, at first, you know, were direct followers of Jesus, you know, and, you know, I like to give them the benefit of the doubt and to, and to say that, you know, they were doing the best with what they had at the time. You know, they had a very specific worldview, you know, they were Jewish men who came from a Jewish patriarchal hierarchy and, you know inside of their worldview this was the next logical step of how to proceed with the movement but they always agreed with each other at least right no no what they didn't always agree with each other no they didn't always agree with each other i know right right in crafting in crafting an infallible book and an unquestionable theology from a, a directly from jesus how could they have disagreed you know the, well, the best way is that, you know, they, 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 they waited their time in order to write these books. And the books were not intended to be put together as a collection. The books were written for specific regions, for specific people in mind. You mean like that like certain books of the Bible were written for Texas and other books of the Bible were written for New Jersey? Well, you know, they were all written for Texas. And uh, New Jersey, they had to throw those books out, unfortunately. But I mean, I mean, the Bible was written with America specifically in mind, right? Well, it was no, it wasn't. However, I do have to say, you know, when when Jesus came and visited the lost tribe of Israel in America and gave oh, that no. wisdom to John Smith, no, that no. was written with oh, America man. in mind. Shots fired. <laughs> Oh man. 
Uh, uh, poor Glenn Beck. <laughs> you know, so that's the problem. He's not poor. He is not. No, poor. he's not. He is no, he's filthy not. Filthy rich Glenn Beck. That's right. Um, I just want to know how many people do you think will um will think that I was serious when I asked which version of the uh, the New Testament Jesus <laughs> the disciples read. Well, I'll tell you what. We'll put a poll. Is it a small minority? We'll, we'll, we can put a poll up on our <laughs> Facebook page and we'll find Please out. Please let it be a small minority. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So so oh, Jeff. Man. So let me ask you something here, right? So yeah. we we've we've gone through and defined Christians. We've gone through and defined free thinkers. So how is it that we as Christians can like how 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 are how can Christians be free th- free thinkers? Like like what what does that mean? Okay, so uh, I think here's the roadmap, right? Um first step is to ask yourself um are you infallible? And if we can all in- if we can all conclude that we personally are not infallible, then we're, we're, we're off to a good start. Then we say, well, um, so I'm wrong about some things. Yes. Can you identify for yourself the things about which you are wrong? The things that you believe, which are just incorrect. If you can't, then you need to be humble and understand that there's something that you believe which you're just flat out wrong about. And as soon as you can do that and say, okay, I, I need to approach my faith and my understanding of the Bible and of the world with the understanding that I might be wrong about something. And it could even be something significant. I don't know then you're able to get to a point where you can be a free thinker. You, you're more interested in, in learning and identifying objective truth as, as much as we can find it than you are in maintaining your own uh, dogma or preconceived notion. This has been the Christian Freethinker Project. Today's music is Night Owl by the band Broke for Free. Thank you for listening. If you'd like to hear more episodes, find us on iTunes. Also, if you enjoyed listening, please rate our show on iTunes as it'll help others to find and join the conversation.